We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. And, we're going to be... and Jed. Yeah, I'm, I'm always here. I'm always here. Uh, we're going to be doing another one of our books of the Bible today. Before we jump into that, I um, wanted to say thanks again for everyone who's watching, sharing these videos. We love it when you leave comments in various ways. Yep. Um, but if anyone wants to know our full back catalog, like we've done a lot of these now, well, you can you can always message us, and I will send you a full rundown spreadsheet that breaks down keywords we used and all sorts of stuff. Cool. Because we've had quite a few requests to use them as like Bible studies or different teaching tools, and so it makes it just that little bit easier. So if you're looking to find a certain passage or a certain thing that we might have referenced, know that that's out there. That'd be great in case they want it. All right. So now let's move on. What book are we doing today, Dan? We're going to do the book of Philippians today. Ooh, I love this book, especially chapter two, because there's a ton of songs that come out of Philippians chapter two. Yes, yeah. it really is. And it's, it's a great chapter, but that chapter is an example mm -hmm. among several examples that's designed to get a couple of ladies to get along with each other. Oh, Ooh, so okay. let's talk about this book. Okay. Uh, Paul uh, had a special relationship with the Philipp Philippians because uh, while some churches like the Corinthians never supported him financially, from the beginning of his ministry almost, the Philippian church did. Mm. Uh, read us chapter 1, verse 5, if you would there. Okay. He says, Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. All right. And that word partnership is the word we often translate fellowship or communion. Mm. And then if you go over to chapter 4, verse 15, mm -hmm. and read that one for us. 4.15, he says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Read one more. <clears throat> Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. All right. So this church was special to Paul because they had really been behind him in his mission work and he had a close relationship with them but there was a little problem that was stirring up this church and Paul seems to have written this letter to address that problem. Mm. Uh, in chapter 1 we have example number 1 in the book of Philippians about not thinking of ourselves but trying to think of the mission of Christ. Mm. Uh, Paul was in prison right. and instead of whining about being in prison uh, Paul says, really, it's turned out to be a good thing that I'm in prison. Pick it up at verse 12 of chapter 1 and read a few verses there, down to verse 18, if you would. All right. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. 
And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, but sincerely, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. But what then? On that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, again, I will rejoice. All right, so Paul is saying it doesn't matter that I'm in prison. What matters is that my imprisonment is turning out for the good of the gospel. So mm. instead of Paul being selfish about woe is me, he was saying, look at how good things have turned out for the gospel. Yeah. Then drop down to verse 20 and look at his attitude here in verse 20. Okay. He says, as it is, in my, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. All right, we all have our own needs. We're all selfish to some degree. We all, you know, need people to like us. We all need to be surviving ourselves. But Paul says, it really doesn't matter what happens to me as long as Christ is magnified mm. in my body. Wow, what an attitude to have. Yeah. And I love the, the verse where he says, and now by people seeing my suffering, they're bold enough to go, yeah, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Such an unselfish. Now, yeah. when you get down to verse 27, mm -hmm. uh, Paul tries to apply this attitude that he has to everybody else. Look at verse 27 and read that for us, please. Yeah. He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. All right. Firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So what Paul describes there is an unselfish, unified attitude mm -hmm. with the mission of Christ foremost yeah. in everyone's mind. Unfortunately, often you real human beings don't have that attitude. No. Because they're so busy defending their own territory or themselves or competing with one another that they don't have the same attitude. Yeah. Would we say that this is an example of mutual edification, like the whole all boats rise together sort of thing? It is, and it's it's really gets down to the point of unselfishness in favor of the mission. Mm. Um, there's a key uh, section here that begins chapter 2, it's verses 1 through 4, mm -hmm. that tries to describe this attitude that Paul's getting them to have. Look at that if you would, please. Yeah. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And if you'll compare that section with verse 27 in chapter 1, where he says, I want mm -hmm. to hear that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind, mm -hmm. contending for the faith. Yeah. He's repeating the same thing in different words here. It's almost like oneness is going to help solve some of these problems. Yeah, and, and, but the selfishness will detract from it. <laughs> yeah, you'll notice in verse five, your favorite, one of your favorite passages, have the same mind as is in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So in chapter one, Paul was was introduced as a 
an example of unselfishness in his imprisonment. Yeah. Now, after telling them to be of the same attitude, he says, let me give you another example. Have the same attitude as Christ, mm-hmm. who didn't think being equal with God is something he was going to grab onto, but he emptied himself yeah. and took upon the form of a servant, became obedient unto death. He did all that for us, not yeah. for himself. Right. Then... Um, If you drop down to uh, chapter 2, verse 14 after that, he kind of applies that example. Yeah. He says, Do all of this without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of this crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. All right. And, And, of course, I should have had you read verse 13 because he said, it is God who is working in you to will and work according to his good purpose. Well, mm-hmm. if if God is trying to work through you, then you don't need to be bickering and grumbling and complaining. You need to show that example in your life, like Christ was yeah. unselfish. Yeah, exactly. Third example in the book is the okay. example of Timothy. Mm-hmm. Because right after Christ, he brings up Timothy. And look at verse 19 and 19 through 21. Okay. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. All right, so you'll notice that Timothy Mm -hmm. was a super example of seeking the interests of others and seeking the interests of Christ and being unselfish, which is the same thing Christ was. Mm-hmm. which is the same thing Paul was, which is the same mentality that he's pushing in the first part of chapter 2 for yeah. everybody to have. Right. Then the, uh, the next example in verse 25 and following is Epaphroditus, an unsung hero of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, read down uh, to uh, verse 30, 25 through 30. All right. Unselfish Epaphroditus. We're reading almost the whole book today. That's all right. We're, we're, we're <laughs> it's getting a good right one. through it. All right. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my needs. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am all the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may feel less anxious. Keep trucking. All right. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor, such, uh, and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Notice he says, honor such men. Honor mm-hmm. men like him. Yeah. Because totally unselfishly, he risked his life when he was ill yeah. to do what was best for the mission of Christ and bring the things that Paul needed. And then when he was ill, he was more worried about other people worrying about him than he was, he was his own himself. illness. Yeah. yeah. And it reminds us of Timothy back in verse 20. I have no one else like him who truly takes a general interest in, or genuine interest in your welfare. Everyone looks out for his own interests and mm-hmm. not those of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the four great examples in Philippians are Paul, Jesus, Timothy, and Epaphroditus, which are all examples of unselfish concern for the mission of Christ. Right. Now then chapter 3 almost seems like it doesn't belong. Because Paul talks about uh, 
these people uh, not mentioned that have such great confidence in the flesh and in their pedigree and uh, he reads uh, he, he says in here that if anyone had confidence in the flesh it would be him because right. he had a tremendous pedigree but he counts all those fleshly things to be loss mm. uh, in comparison to the being able to know Christ and be found in him yeah. so if you read between the lines it seems like people might have been competing a little bit about their pedigree or, or what they had to brag on yeah. in the flesh. And Paul is saying, if anybody could do that, I could, but I don't do that because Christ is everything to me. I mean, Philippi was like a strongly Roman Colony. political type city. Yep. So there's probably some back and forth going on built on that. There may have been one of these ladies that had a really high Roman background. There may have been one of these ladies that had a really high Jewish background or something. and. Yeah. Now, we don't know all the particulars, but look at verse 15 and 16, uh, where Paul again applies what he's saying to an attitude. Okay. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in, any, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. All right. Notice, all of you who are mature think this way. Mm. Doesn't that sound a lot like have this mind in you, which right. is like in Christ Jesus or the yeah. mindset he describes in chapter 2. So you finally get down to why he wrote the letter in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Let's read mm. that. Okay. He says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Synecdoche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. All right, this, this little phrase, I plead with you or I urge you, is the Greek word parakalo, which is a formal petition word. Mm. And Paul uses formal petitions, I beseech you, I urge you, in all of his letters when he gets down to the nut cutting <laughs> of what he wanted in the letter. Yeah. And it's weird that in the only place that that's in this letter is in this it's little right verse there. about Yodia and Syntyche. Mm. Yeah. So why, Paul, are you giving us the example of Paul and unselfish in prison? Why the example of Jesus' unselfishness? Why the example of Timothy and mm. his care for others? Why the example of Epaphroditus? Yeah. The answer is because these two women couldn't get along and they were mm. selfish and putting their own squabbles ahead of the mission of Christ. And Paul said, please don't do that. And, and to the preacher there, please help these women to yeah. get along with each other. That's why the book was written. And it's interesting that that's the problem when one of the verses we read earlier is he's talking about people proclaiming Christ out of rivalry. Doesn't seem to bother him that much. But then you have two people squabbling in the church, and he sees that as a big problem. Well, he's, what he's saying, though, is their squabbling is preventing the mission of Christ to carry mm, forward. Okay. While these other people, even if they had the wrong motives, at least they were out proclaiming Christ <laughs> and helping the mission go forward. Okay. So there's, there's the book of Philippians in a nutshell. There's the whole thing, and then you get three different endings. And by the way, <laughs> Synecdoche is a place in New York. And Syntyche is that lady's name. But anyway. <laughs> hey, I did Whoa, good. You did real good. I you, did you good. You read a lot of stuff. There's, I never know if I'm reading a Greek name or a Roman name or whatever. There you go. You good know. job. Good job. Woo. All right. But yeah, I love the book of Philippians. 
Like I say, it's all it's got all the neat little nuggets of lots of song lyrics in chapter two and then And the rejoice in the Lord, but see yeah. the rejoicing is instead of thinking about all these other things that you're squabbling about, mm -hmm. rejoice in the good, wonderful things you have in Christ and yeah. think about the good things, the yeah. pleasant things and stuff. you know, that's to Yodia and Syntyche. Right. He's basically saying, if y'all can get along and get yourselves out of the way, there's a lot of good things that yes, can happen. Yes, you can be happy being Christians and helping the gospel. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you'll watch again next week. Feel free to comment, share all the different things, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.